Okay, today's daf is daf Lamed Hey, 35a. We're starting right after the Mishnah, talking about the Esrik Agazel, the stolen Esrik. Tanar Abana, we learned in Raisa, pre-Eitz Hadar. It says in the Torah, the fruit of a beautiful tree. So it's a little bit unclear exactly what this is referring to. Eitz, Shetam Shava. It has to be a tree that the taste of its tree and the taste of its fruit are actually alike. Which one is this? This is the Esrik. The Gemara says, "Aim a pilpul in me, but it's really talking about pepper." Kedetanya, we learned in a raisa. Hayyeremeir, Aimeremeir says, "Mimash mashenema unetatem kol eitz." From the fact that it says, "And you shall plant any tree, any yadeya shehu eitz meichel," do we not know that it's referring to a tree that is a food tree? Matam ulemer eitz meichel. Why does it say eitz meichel specifically, specifying fruit trees? Eitz shetam eitz yeperiyah shava. It teaches you that not just the regular tree that's a food tree but a food tree that the wood and the fruit also taste the same that price says that that's referring to pepper to teach you that even a pepper tree is liable in the laws of Arla that you're not allowed to benefit from the first three years it says that it is not lacking anything so we see over there that it's also possible to have a tree and its fruit that tastes the same regarding to pepper and not just to an esrik. Well, you know what? When it comes to the four species, the Araminim, it is not possible for it to refer to a pepper tree. Hey, Chinavid, what are you going to do? Ninkait chada? What are you going to do? You're going to take one peppercorn? Nobody will even be able to tell that it's there. Ninkait treyatlasa? You'll take two or three. Echad HaMenachman, it says one. V'loishnayim v'shloisha peris. It says one eitz hot, one pre-eitz hadr, not multiples. Hilkach le'afshu, therefore it cannot possibly be referring to that. Therefore our only option is the Esrik tree. Rabbi Yemi, Rabbi says, Al-Tikri hadar, don't read hadar as in beautiful. Ela hadir, but rather hadir as in the sheep pen, right? What's this a reference to? Madir zeh yesh be'gedayla mukatanim, just like a sheep pen has large and small sheep. Tamimim mubali mumim. Ones that are perfectly uh, complete and ones that are blemished. So to buy a sregim, there are some that are large, some that are small, some that are tamimim, some that are unblemished, and some that are balimum and blemished. Is it only true that by a sregim there's different sizes and different uh, grades of, of uh, fruit? Rather, this is what it means to say. Ad in ketanim. So what does this mean to say? This means up until the time that the small ones are coming into existence on the tree, they're actually still larger ones that are fully ripened that are on the tree at the same time. Whereas other fruits, sometimes they all come at once or not. Rebbevo says, don't read it as hadar, as beautiful, but rather read it as hadar, the one that dwells. Read it as that which remains on the tree from year to year, as if you don't pick your Esregim, they could last a very long time. Don't read it as Hadar, as beautiful, but rather read it as Idar. What is Idar? Because in, in the Greek language, they call water Idar. And what is the fruit that grows based on all water? Right, that it can grow, and any any water source at all will cause it to grow. That tree is the esrik tree. Continues the Mishnah. We said that an esrik from a tree, if somebody worshipped an esrik tree, you're not allowed to benefit from the esrik. If, if there was an esrik that was in a city that had meant to be burnt down with everything inside of it because they worshipped idols, it is possible, it cannot be brought. My time, what's the reason? 
Because it is meant to be burnt, either of these two cases, it is meant to be burnt, the measure that it is supposed to be is not met. In other words, there's a special halacha that something which is meant to be burnt, we treat it halachically as if it no longer meets a requisite shear. We look at it as if it is already in its state of being burnt. Mishal Arla Pasal, the Mishnah continued and said that if you have an esrig from Arla, it's Pasal. In the first three years of the fruit, it is Pasal. My time, what's the reason? One of them says because there is no way in which you'll be permitted to eat it. Another one says because there's no, because you can't benefit from it, it does not have a monetary value. And since it doesn't have a monetary value, you're not allowed to, it's not considered ownership. It's not considered ownership. It's not going to be lachem. It won't be your esrig and therefore cannot be brought as one of the arbamina. So presumably the one who says that the problem is that it cannot be eaten did not have a problem with the fact that it's not considered money. And the one who says the problem is that it does not have a monetary status and therefore cannot be considered to be yours did not require a hetarachila, did not require that you have to be able to eat it. Tanat, we learned in a Mishnah, if it is an asterisk of truma, tmeya of truma, but which is now tame, it cannot be eaten by a kain pasal. According to the one who says that if there is a problem that it's not able to be eaten, then it's possible, then that makes sense. Even though it's true, it's possible because it can't be eaten. But according to the one who says that it does not have a monetary status, my why is this not considered to have a monetary status? You could use this asterisk that has become tame. You can use it to burn underneath your pot that you're cooking. So why are you saying, so in other words like this, we said earlier there's two different possibilities as to what would render this unfit to be used as an asterisk for the four species purposes. Either because it cannot be eaten or because it does not have a monetary value. So the fact that you cannot use an esrig that comes from truma tumeya, that is supposed to be set aside for the kayin, but it, as we know, cannot be eaten in a state of ritual impurity or when the truma itself becomes ritually impure. This esrig is truma tumeya, cannot be eaten. Well, if it's about heterachila, we understand. If it's about that it has to be able to be eaten, then we understand why it cannot be used. But if it's not about that, and really it's about, and really it's about the fact that it doesn't have a in money, because it doesn't have the ability to be used for anything, well, it actually does have the ability to be used for money, because it can be used for cooking. So rather, everybody agrees that when it comes to permission to eat it, everyone agrees that it has to have the ability to be eaten. Where they argue when it comes to the laws of that it has to have a monetary status. One of them says is necessary, but the ability to be have a monetary status not necessary. The other one says it has to have both ideas. What's the difference between them? The difference between the two of them is the case of an asterisk of a Meister Shani in Yerushalayim. What's an asterisk of a Meister Shani in Yerushalayim? The halacha is that in the first and second and fourth and fifth year of the Shemitah cycle, one-tenth of your produce after giving the first tenth to the levy and the truma, you then give Meister Shani, you take a percentage of your fruits, that 10%, and you bring it up to Yerushalayim. Now, let's say you bring up an asterisk of Meister Shani into Yerushalayim. I'll leave it there, Mayor, according to Mayor. According to the one who says that the concern is that it does not have the ability to be eaten, this can be eaten in Yerushalayim. Because it doesn't have its status of money, Meister Shani doesn't really belong to you, it belongs to Hashem. So perhaps it doesn't have the status of money. 
I'll bring you a proof that Rabbi was the one who said that the problem, the deficiency of this esrik, that it comes from Arla, right, is because it doesn't have monetary value. How do we know? If you have an esrik which comes from that second tent, the second tithe that you take up to Yerushalayim. The Dibri Rabbi Meir, according to Rabbi Meir, a person cannot fulfill his obligation with this esrik on Yamtev. According to the vision of the Chachamim, a person can fulfill his mitzvah obligation with it on Yamtiv. So what do we see? We see that Rameir is, I'm sorry, Rabasi is the one who says that the concern that the Esther cannot be used is because it does not have monetary value. And indeed, that's what the Gemara says, Tistayim. Gufa, let's analyze this a little bit more clearly. Amr Rabasi. Rabasi says, Esther shall Meister Shani, Esther of Meister Shani, according to the view of Rameir. If you cannot fulfill your mitzvah obligation with it on Yamtif. According to the words of the Chachamim, a person can't fulfill his obligation with it on Yamtif. If it's matzah that comes from Meisr Shani, from that second tithe, the mayor says you cannot fulfill your obligation with it on Pesach. According to the Chachamim, you can fulfill your obligation with it on Pesach. You have dough from Meister Shani produce. According to the words of Rameir, it is exempt from Chala. According to the Chachamim, it is obligated in Chala. So all of these cases, the Machlekes, Rameir, and the Chachamim are, do we consider Meister Shani to belong to the owner, or do we consider Meister Shani to belong to Hashem? Because all of these cases are cases of, it would hinge on how you define the ownership of the Meister Shani. If it's defined as owned by Hashem, you can't fulfill your obligation with it. You don't have to take mice, you don't have to take challah from it, right? But uh, vice versa, if you hold that it is belong, does belong to the person who took it off as his tithe, then indeed he can't fulfill his mitzvah obligation with it, and he does have to take challah as well. Maskalor or papa, or papa challenges this. When it comes to isa, when it comes to dough, it makes sense that you don't take challah, because it's written in the Torah, the first of your dough. Esrig nami, when it comes to an esrig also, it doesn't make sense that you can take it if it doesn't belong to you. Dirsiv lachem, it says you will lachem, and you shall take for yourself. So if it doesn't belong to you, it's not for you. Mishalachem has to be from yours. Ela matzah, miksiv matzaschem. About matzah, does it say that it has to be your matzah? Amar Rabbi Barshmuel, vite meraviyim or Barshlamia. Asya lachem lachem. It's written bread, bread. Ksiv hacha lachem, oinyu ksiv hasam. It's written in both places. We have a xerish shava from the bread about matzah. And the bread about challah. About ma- uh, challah, we said it has to be arise seichem. And about matzah, it says it has to be lechem aini. So the same way by lechem, by challah, it has to belong to you. So too by lechem aini, it has to belong to you. Turning the page now. And it shall be that when you eat from the bread of the land, just like by challah, it has to be from yours. And not from Meiser Shani. Afkan. So too, by Matzah, Mishal Lechem, Beloi Mishal Meiser. It has to be from your property and not from the Meiser Shani. And let's bring another proof to the Halacha of Ravasi. Isa Shal Meiser Shani, Petura Menachala. Dough of Meiser Shani is exempt from Chala. Divri Meir, words of Remeir. Chalmim say, Chayavas Pachala, it is obligated in Chala. Let us bring a proof. Yomara says, what do you mean? You're just bringing a proof? This is exactly what Ravasi said, literally word for word. He, he. So rather, we should say like this. From the fact that they argue when in, in regards to the case of Chala, 
then they will also argue in the case of matzah. Or perhaps we should say, Shani Isa, maybe you could differentiate and say that by Isa it was different. It says your dough. It says your dough twice. But when it doesn't say that by matzah, so maybe it's excluded. And even though there is a comparison to be made between the chala dough and the matzah dough, because one of them says your dough twice, perhaps that it makes it exclusive to that halacha that it has to belong to you and not my sashini. Continuing to analyze the Mishnah. The Mishnah, the Mishnah teaches that the Esrik belongs to Truma Tumeya. The Esrik goes Truma, it belongs to the Kayin, can only be in a state of ritual purity, and it becomes impure. The less Bahatarachila, the reason is, because we said earlier, it does not have the ability to be eaten. But if it's Truma, which is still pure, you shouldn't take it. Rami or Rasi. Rami or Rasi have a machlekas here. One of them says the reason why you can't take it is because it makes it machshira. Because when you use it, then it makes it possible for it to become ritually impure. Because you're going to touch the esrig with your wet hands. Why? Because when you picked up the other things from your water that you were storing it in, you're going to render the esrig able to become ritually impure. We don't want you to do that. One of them says the problem is because you're going to be damaging it. As you handle the esrig, you're going to make the, the esrig appeal is going to get a little more gross, and you're not allowed to damage truma. What's the difference between the two of them? The difference would be in a case where, let's say, the guy says like this, this esrig right here is going to be truma on the entire field. However, I don't make this esrig including its peel. I make the esrig excluding the peel. So if it's about according to one who says that he makes it susceptible to become ritually impure, ikka, then this is a problem, right? Because even though I didn't make the peel truma, that doesn't mean that the fruit cannot become impure. Um, but according to one who says that I'm causing the peel to go bad, well, that's not a problem. Leka, there's no problem because the peel itself is not truma. But if he took the esrig of truma, he will still be kosher for using it. According to one who says that there is no hatarachila, there is a hatarachila over here. It is permitted to be eaten. But according to one who says that it has no monetary value, it has monetary value. He said that if it belongs to demai, there's machlekes beishama beishelo. Beishelo says it's okay to be used. Demai is something that you have bought. Something that the Maya is something that you have bought from someone who is not clear if they've taken off the proper Trumas and Maestras. My Tamaya de Baisela, what's the reasoning for Baisela? Came into Ibai Mafkelahula Nechsei, because if he wanted to, he could have been Mafkir, he could have rendered it ownerless. Then he would be considered like a poor person vis a vis that. Chazle would have been able to eat it. Ashtanami Lachem Karenabe. So to now it's already called the Maya that belongs to you, it's considered to be in your status. The Tnan, as we learned in the Mishnah. The Allah is you can feed an Ani the Mai, and you're allowed to feed um, the soldiers also the Mai. Why? Because they're, they're permitted to eat it. And therefore, even though right now you're not allowed to eat this the Mai, because you're not poor, but technically you could render yourself poor by declaring everything ownerless, and then you'd be permitted to eat the Demai. So even now, it's considered to be something that's able to be eaten. Beishamah says it's not okay. What does he hold? A poor person is not allowed to eat the mai. With the mai, you're not sure if the chumas, if not the chuma gedayla, not the main, the main chuma everybody takes off. You're not sure if some of the secondary chumas people have taken off, secondary tithes. So Chazal said you're not supposed to eat it. And Rishamai said that even poor people are not supposed to eat it. The Tanan we learned in the Mishnah. You're not supposed to feed poor people the mai. 
You don't feed the poor people and the achsani, the soldiers, demai. And he says, you do feed them, demai. So the Machleika says, are you allowed to feed poor person, demai? If you're allowed to feed a poor person, demai, and it was never included in the Chachamim's dispute, well, then you'd be permitted to make yourself poor and then be able to eat it. Shall Meister Shani be Rishalaim? If it's Meister Shani in Yerushalayim, ideally one should not take it. The Mishnah taught, right? So the question is like this. According to the one who says that the problem is that you Machshira, that by taking it, you're rendering it able to become ritually impure. Hare Machshira, you render it possible to become ritually impure. According to the one who says that it is unfit because you might have damaged the peel, Hare Machshira, you're going to damage the peel here too. But if you took an esrig of Meisr Shani in Yerushalayim, it is kosher. According to the one who says that there is no heter achila, and that's why it's a problem, then everybody would agree. According to the one who says that you're not going to fulfill your mitzvah obligation with an esrig which belongs to Arla because you're not allowed to eat this esrig, then everyone says that you fulfill your obligation by using the Meiser Shani Esrig in Yerushalayim, because technically you could eat it. But according to one who says that you can't fulfill your mitzvah obligation by using an Arla Esrig because it has no monetary value, well then, this Meiser Shani has no monetary value either. The Gemara says, this must be the opinion of the Chachamim, of the rabbis who hold that it does have monetary value even though it belongs to Meiser Shani, not like Ramea. Mishnah continues, also Chazazis, if there is these boil like um, like uh, bumps on it. Amr of Chizda, it cannot be used. Amr of Chizda, Davrezah Rabbeinu Agadol Amr. Rabbeinu Agadol said this statement. Hamakim Yeh Be'ezrei, Kaddish Baruch will support him. This is only true if it's in one place. But if it's all over the place, it is kosher. Amr Le'i Rav, Rav says, Adarabah, that's even worse. It'll become like a leopard and it'll become puzzle. So rather, if you want to say this, say this regarding the end of the Mishnah. If these blemishes are only a part of it, it is kosher. This matter, Rabbi Rabbi, our great one, said, and will support him. This is only true when it's in only one place. It'll become like a leopard if it's in two or three places, and it'll be puzzle. Amarava, Rava says, Rava says that there's a blemish on the upper part of the asterisk, which is the nicest part, and then even one blemish will be possible. If the pitnam has been removed from the asterisk, this means if the top that is actually on top of the asterisk is removed, it will become possible. Nick laughed, the Mishnah continues, and says that an asterisk which has become peeled is unfit to be used. Amarava, hi asterisk. The aglate kahina sumka, the asterisk that was peeled like a red date kshera. It is kosher because only the outer peel is removed, but not the inner peel. Our Mishnah taught that if it's peeled, it's pasul. It doesn't differentiate. Gemara says loy kasha, not a question. In a case where every part of it is peeled, then even a, even if it's just a very thin layer on the outside, but the entire thing is peeled, even Rava will agree that it's pasul. Rav was talking about where only part of it was peeled, and even that was only the very outer layer that was peeled, and indeed then it will still remain kasher. To be continued tomorrow, but.